This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J Daily, some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We had some interesting guests. Mike Parry joined us from Aintree, and he had some interesting theories on horses, didn't he? You wouldn't be surprised to hear he had some interesting theories on anything. He was on top form. Martin Kellner came in with his review of the week of sport on TV. Yeah, he was very good. Uh, We had a bit of a chat. Um, What else did Kel, yeah. Ken Doxy was on as well, talking about his friendship with Jackie Chan. That's right, Jackie Chan. So uh, here it all is. Big Sam Allardyce, Big Sam of this parish, is in talks to do Strictly. Is he? He is. Wow. Uh, they've managed to convince him. For some reason, they said to him, it's not live, but it is live, isn't it? Um, I thought uh, it was. No, it's it? not live. No, Andy. Is I it? think Blackpool might be live. It doesn't go back to Bruce. I thought Saturday was no. live and Sunday was recorded. No, no, no. They do the whole thing. They record the whole thing on a Saturday and they play the half hour out on a Sunday. Your missus went to it, didn't Yeah, that's she? why I thought it was live. But anyway, never mind. Anyway. Well, oh, hang on. No, maybe they just record. No, you could be right. Maybe they do record the Sunday stuff and then play the, mm. on the Saturday night and play on a Sunday. No, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I've never been. But you, your missus who went yeah. said there was no toilet break. No toilet break. In the four hours. And if you look at the average age of a strictly audience. That's quite get, something. They would have had to have people on hand, wouldn't they? <laughs> I would have it's not, it's not yeah. ideal. Anyway, I'm sure Big Sam will do well, but the fans won't like his style of dancing. Oh, no, they probably won't. Yeah, it'd be quite Route 1. <laughs> it, it might be. That's, that's true. I mean, he, he, he won't take it well, the criticism for... Because um, mm. Bruno will say something. He said, I, you know, I thought it was a, a bit kind of... You were, you, you were in straight lines. Suddenly, you could have moved that, but you just darted into that channel. Why did you do that? Anyway, and yeah. there'll be one or two um, routines where a ball is thrown to Sam. They always oh, yeah, do yeah, that. They They're working. That, yeah. They'll dance to the match of the day. What can you do with the match of the day... Theme as a quick step, I suppose. Can you? Yeah, not a for tango. I'll, I'll try it with Motti on on Monday when he comes in. We'll slow it right down. We'll do a tango. A very intense tango with Motti. You and Motti could do an Argentinian tango to the match his leg around my shin. I bet you can. Yeah. Anyway, Gareth Southgate. Congratulations. He went to the palace yesterday. He did. Yeah. Top hat and tails to collect his OBE. And you can imagine the scene in the shop when he hired the tails. Do you want the waistcoat with that? Yeah, of course I do. He was looking very smart, wasn't he? Looked great. 
Or I'm Alan, uh, Alan Smith sending pictures from uh, the mm. kind of reception they'd afterwards. Uh, yeah, it's top man, Gareth. I'm very mm. delighted for him. Oh, no, we're very yeah. pleased for him. And uh, a new sporting measurement. We're used to seeing the Olympic swimming pool, size of a football pitch. Yeah. This is a new one to describe a beehive. Mm. Uh, a basketball-sized hive of 22,000 bees was removed from a home after 10 years with a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I've never heard that before. So I like to collect these things. If you imagine, if you were a person who didn't feel pain, you could wear it like a giant Frank Sidebottom uh, <laughs> thing, <laughs> wouldn't you? That wouldn't I've be ideal. A head full of bee. It'd be good, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. And Dan Levine, who we spoke to, uh, tweeted an update on Papi Gilabodji. Do you remember, yeah, him? Yeah, remember him? Yeah, remember him. Yeah. Chelsea bought him. He wasn't Tremendous great. Player. He only played once. They managed to get eight million quid from Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> that was a bit of a disaster. Anyway, he made his debut in a nine-nil defeat at PSG. Was he on the winning or losing side? <laughs> Wait, what do you think? Okay. And then. <laughs> Then received a six-match ban for kicking someone in the head in the next match. Tremendous. They're going tremendously well the for him. The man who put the bodge in Gillabodgie. <laughs> it's tremendous. Yeah. Now, do you remember um, Matthew Side's book called Bounce? Of course I do, yeah. Very it's good all about book. talent and, yeah. and where talent comes and whether it's innate or whether it's due to circumstance. Yeah. And Nigel, uh, by the way, had a guest on uh, Fisherman's Blues. Yeah. A guy called John Llewellyn, mm -hmm. and a fascinating guy. She's a bait expert, but he represented Great Britain in three Olympic Games in fencing. Yeah. So he was talking to Nigel about this, and he said, I went to quite a rough school in Catford. Right. He said, well, they all had to carry swords. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember once going into assembly, and they took me cutlass off me. That's fantastic. I was, I was boarding a pirate ship every time we had an assembly. But he said, what he said was that they had a brilliant uh, coach... And eventually, three from that school became the members of the Great Britain junior team. Feeds into what Matthew says That's in the book. That's what I said. It? it really chimed with me that that, that, that uh, thing. Table tennis teacher was in their area, and yeah. that area produced a. An so it isn't just talent, it's opportunity and of it is. in its proximity to great coaching. Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. Thereby that. backing up his theory. Yeah, and uh, he's quite a character, actually, John. He, he took a fishing rod into the opening ceremony of the 1988 um, Olympics at yeah. Seoul. And he, it was a telescopic rod that he put down his trousers. Did he, yeah. Well, well, did he really? Is that what he said? I knew you were going to say. No, I'm just... I'm, I'm, what? I'm, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he attached a, a, a flag to it, Union Jack, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he waved it. And, uh, of course, the cameras sort of picked up on him. And they everything. found him, they, did they? They claim to fame. There. So there you go. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah it's, oh, it was a good listen. I wasn't, wasn't really a clip, but I thought I'd mention no, it. No, 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 it's, it's good. good. It's a good yeah. story, yeah. Mm. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. We head to Aintree <laughs> for the first time this afternoon because in situ on Ladies' oh, Day. Yes. Sure he's having a great time. It is uh, our very own Mike Parry. Good afternoon, Mike. Uh, good afternoon, guys. I'm here at Aintree. It's mm. a very, very cold Aintree, by the way, as yeah. I expect you would imagine on a, an afternoon like this afternoon. But the buzz and the thrill is all there, fellas, and I think this is going to be one fantastic couple of days to today and tomorrow. You've been uh, doing some work studying the formula, looking at your equine journals. Uh, what, well, what exactly are they, Mike? Well, well, well it's, it's not just studying the form about the horses which are racing today and racing tomorrow, and, of course, the big one tomorrow is the Grand National. But yeah. the thing is, fellas, when, when I apply myself to something, I apply myself properly now Indeed, yeah. i've been studying the institute of uh, equine genomics journals right oh. these these are the excuse me sorry no i'm just i'm just trying to think yeah, what yeah. the acronym would be yeah, for that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and, and uh, equine, equine genomics these genomic are produced by a bunch of professors journals. including um leading academics from the university of new york okay and and what has uh, what has emerged and i'm telling you this first fellas this is a world exclusive it'll yeah. be known to other people soon when horses are in a race 
right mm. and, they're, and they're sprinting away and there's horses behind them, sometimes horses in front of them. Did you know that they've managed to actually um, clarify now the fact that horses don't know they're in a race when they're in a race? Did you know that? No, I didn't know. No, didn't it's true. It's, yeah. abs it's absolutely what true. What do they think's going on? What they think is going on is that the natural instincts of a horse ever since the time that they were roaming around the plains in uh, America and Native uh, Americans were jumping on their back and riding, <laughs> holding on to their mane rather than a saddle and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Ever since... Uh, you don't sound as though you're uh, properly no, just, uh, I think horses predate the Native Americans. Well, they, the do yeah, they do yeah, a bit. They do a bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, what, I, what I'm saying is that the, the natural instinct of a horse mm. is that a horse is a competitive animal. Right. They know they must win in any situation. That is whether they've got to fight another horse um, to get the proper feed that day, whether they've got to fight another horse to get to the watering hole first, whether they've got to fight another horse, particularly if they're a stallion, to get to a female horse first. And that means that horses have a fantastically combative instinct, and that instinct arises and, and, and produces itself during a race. But they don't actually know they've got to get over the line first. All they know they've got to do is, is they are battling with other horses, and they've got to come out on top. Now, most of the time when a horse passes the finishing line, it has no idea it's past the finishing line. It has no idea it's won a race. It just knows that somebody sitting on their back has pulled the reins or whatever, or released the reins. I've yeah. never actually ridden a horse myself, so I'm not sure which way you do that, so yeah. it's a bit like driving a car, isn't it? So that, don, you, been, you must have a donkey in Blackpool, Mike. Someone else no, 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 none of that. But I mean, I mean, Jack I, you, you, you know, I'd be dangerous on a horse because I wouldn't know whether I was pressing the accelerator or putting my foot on the brake at the same time. You know. But all I'm saying is, fellas, this this is knowledge which has come out of this incredible report published by the Institute of Equine Genomics. Uh, horses don't know they're in a race when they're in a race. I just thought you'd like to know That's that. Right. From, it's from, interesting. from this fantastic course yeah. I'm at now, Aintree, OK? Now, so, Mike, ladies, oh, yeah. you have, Rupert Bell, you, I mean, you put plenty of bromide in his tea, as he used to say in the old days. He does yeah. get a bit excited today, doesn't yeah. he? He gets overexcited. Yeah. Well, well, Rupert's uh, he's bound to get excited. He comes from a, an incredibly um, successful racing family. Mm, yeah. uh, he's got people around him, within his family, outside his family, all very successful at what they do. When I come here today i see rupert and rupert he doesn't lord it because rupert's a gentleman oh, yeah, he's a he's a former army officer but rupert is treated with the most enormous amount of respect mm. and uh, you see people i wouldn't say bowing in his presence but standing <laughs> like i mean you know how many of us have got a brother who's won the um what did he win the derby wasn't it yeah that's right yeah the derby <laughs> so 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 you know you, you've got to start out now listen fellas there's something else i've got to tell you yeah um in a podcast which is coming out on talk sport um, uh, social media later on today mm -hmm. of being a, in a tweet. Mm -hmm. I I expounded um, all the knowledge I have on my method to find the winner for the Grand National. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. because I'm up here in Liverpool, and you guys know I'm an Everton fan, I call it the Nil Satis Nizzi Optimum method, OK? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Now, Nil Satis Nizzi Optimum, you will know, is the uh, Latin motto for Everton. It means nothing but the best. Mm. And therefore, mm. what the way I do this, fellas, and it's worked for me over the years, is I look at the... Um, I look at all the runners for the Grand National tomorrow, you know, 40 horses and all that. Any of the runners whose jockey is wearing blue and his silks, right, I put money on, £10 each way. Now, the thing is, there are eight of... Sorry, are you guys... Get, just no, look, bet responsibly. You, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, it's not very responsible, is it, really? No, 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 it's highly responsible. Now, now, there's, now, there's eight horses tomorrow yeah. running in blue, right? right so okay. so that's, uh, that's eight times 10 
pounds each way, which is 160 pounds, okay? Yeah. Now, I did this three years ago, and the horse that won was about 33 to 1, so I made, I made about 600 quid. Wow. It hasn't mm. been quite as successful since, but look, what I didn't tell the guys uh, at TalkSport on the social podcast I've done is yeah. I told them about my method, but mm. I didn't tell them about the one which I think is going to win. I'm going to re reveal this now exclusively to you guys. Write it down. Oh, God, God, I'm going to write it down. Folks, get a pen. Uh, Here comes Mike in, 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 Yes, in my view, yeah. uh, Rath Vinden will win the Grand Ooh. National, OK? What sort of odds are we talking about, Mike? Rath uh, Vinden, well, know? at the moment, about 8 to 1. But oh, okay. now that I've now that I have expressed the view in, that uh, I've been coming, it's being uh, ridden by the glorious uh, Ruby Wax, OK? So <laughs> that means that um, it's, it's got to have a... Ruby Wait, sorry, what are you looking Ruby at? Ruby Walsh. Yeah, no, right. That's right. what Ruby, I said. Yeah. You said Ruby Wax. No, it isn't. No, no, no. You said Ruby Wax. Don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. Have you gone mad? Do you want to clip that and play it back? Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I promise Ruby you. Ruby Wax. No, 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 no. It doesn't no, no. matter at all. No, no. Come yeah. on. The trouble with you guys is that you're showing some, you know, quite uh, dissenting <laughs> attitude all, towards, just, my, towards my theories so far, right? We love your theories. Now, Mike, I just want to take away from the race course and concentrate on your theatre act because up to now you and Mike Graham have been a double act but this yes. week you made your solo performance yeah. Debut. Have you, have you binned MG? Mike? Is that what it is? Have you, have you, have you binned no, him? No, I, ha I haven't binned MG. It's just that uh, it's just that I decided that MG yeah. uh, is getting into his dotage, and yet yeah. he's still living the life of what I would call an alley cat. <laughs> you know, the alley cat style lifestyle. He likes yeah. going and uh, likes going and parking himself in a bar at the top of the shard, which isn't very far from where you guys are now. No, okay, no. and uh, and he, you know, likes these cocktails at sort of uh, twenty-five pounds a time bottles of champagne wow. that's not my life anymore that's no, not my life so I decided to get onto the stage you're absolutely right just last weekend and launched a production called uh, Life on Planet Porky yes. and, um, and funnily enough one of the theories I'll explain to people in the crowd there it was a packed out uh, auditorium uh, got a fantastic response so I explained to them my theory which I think still holds about why jockeys don't um, wear wing mirrors on their, on yeah. their helmets I mean, do people come up to you at racing and say what yes, about the wing mirrors yes, Porky yes yeah. Yeah. All the time, all yeah, the time. Do, and, yeah. and, and remember, they don't have to look like the wing mirrors that you'd have seen on a Beretta scooter in the 1960s yeah. or anything like that. They can simply be a sliver of glass at the edge of the jockey's um, goggles yeah. uh, in which you can see backwards and know what's coming up uh, behind you. Because although the horse doesn't know it's going for the line, yeah. obviously the jockey does. Mm. And you can't, you know, suddenly drop your uh, reins or, 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 or let up in terms of effort. And, and, and by the way, guys, thank you very much for asking, because it was highly successful, that show, and yeah. uh, we're going to roll it out, and my next ambitious stop for that one is the London Palladium in the autumn. Oh, fantastic. So, well, so, I'm definitely and, coming and, to that. And, and, yeah. And, but yeah, by the way, guys, yeah. I, yeah, I am going to invite you. I want you to be my star guest there. I really oh, wow. do. Because I have to say... I admire your guys' uh, production and uh, and talent as much as I know that you admire mine. Oh, indeed. So, just very quickly, if, if you do see Ruby society. Wax, see what uh, he yeah, she yeah. would make of having a slip yeah, of glass yeah, yeah. right yeah. next to his yeah, eye. I'm, but I'm anyway, not, I'm, I'm just not, very quickly, Mike, we're nearly out of time, but you yeah. did meet a politician on the train today. Well, it was fantastic, actually. Frank Field is um, is a uh, an MP who represents Birkenhead. And, mm. Birkenhead, mm. and um, Mr Field came up to me just as we were getting off the train in uh, Lime Street and uh, said, Mike, 
you know, I'm a regular listener, all that kind of stuff. I then told him uh, that Birkenhead is a great place, that my grandfather was the best friend of Dixie Dean, mm -hmm. that they were both born in his constituency, right? They were born in Prenton, and he was blown away. And, um, you know, I didn't know he'd been an admirer for so long. He didn't know that I had such huge contacts to that area. My mum, of course, was born there as well. So I have to say, I think I forged a few political contacts on that train today. I don't just waste my time, you know, getting on trains and, 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 and flying up from London to, to, to Lime Street. No, 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 no. I, I, I get down to the business. Uh, well, I'm sure you do. Mike, uh, have a fantastic you, Mike. afternoon. Well uh, enjoy it. And so well we're going to get on your tip. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, all the best there, Mike. Thank uh, you very much. Are. Mr. Mike Parry there, live <laughs> from Aintree. <laughs> Brilliant, isn't it? Um, <laughs> if you want to get on Mike's tip then, you heard it there. Uh, Rath Vinden, about eight to one at the moment. But, you know, now Mike's got on it. It's going to come in, let's be obvious. <laughs> yeah. You could call Ruby Walsh Ruby, Ruby Wax. Wax. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Ken Doherty, the fine snooker player, um, has had uh, he's got a kind of burgeoning friendship with the movie star Jackie Chan. Uh, Ken was over there in China playing rather well, beat Mark Williams uh, while he was there, a, a great scalp. Um, mm. And he's back now uh, in Ireland, so he joins us. Hi, Ken. Good, good afternoon, lads. How are you? We're good, yeah. This had quite a lot. You were probably aware it's had quite a lot of coverage, your friendship with Jackie. Well, I tell you, my brother picked me up from the airport last night and he had the the papers here in Ireland. I, I couldn't believe it that it, uh, it sort of made the papers even. But yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a great night and uh, it was a bit surreal at times. Uh, you know, sitting uh, next to Jackie Chan, 
you know, uh, smoking his cigars, drinking his whiskey, and singing karaoke with him as well. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did you guys meet then? Uh, well, I, I went to there's an, a friend of mine, Frankie Chan. He used to be a professional uh, snooker player, and he used to uh, share. Um, he used to come and stay with me when I lived in London, you know. And he he's opened up a snooker club in uh, in Hong Kong, so. Uh, anytime I go there, I always go and, and meet him for dinner and, and go to a snooker club. And uh, he's, he happens to be, Jackie Chan sometimes goes into a snooker club. He loves snooker. And he happened to be around and he said uh, he, he invited us out for, uh, to this big uh, sort of fundraising event in Hong Kong that happened to be on that night. It was like all the actors and actresses and they had a big charity bash, big red carpet stuff. And uh, and here I am sitting in the middle of it next to Jackie Chan, <laughs> and I'm sure I said to him as, I, as I'm sitting as I'm sitting at the table, and there's actors and actresses coming over to him wanting his picture and all that. And I said to him, he sits down for a five minutes, you know. And I said, you know, everybody's wondering who the white guy is with Jackie Chan. What's this foreigner doing here? You know, there would have been, um, been one quite, snooker quite fan quite in there though. They could always been saying. <laughs> Oh, Ken, who's your mate? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what you wanted. That's what you really yeah, needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, should, I should have pretended I was his bodyguard or something like that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> See, have you been surprised about how popular snooker is in China and, and obviously in Hong Kong as well? So, it, it, uh, it, well, it's, it's just grown. It's amazing how quick it's grown over the years. And I think that's, that's helped with the, the likes of the influx of, of, the, of sort of uh, the Chinese snooker players. Uh, you know, like Ding Zhongwei, who's been very, very popular as a snooker player. And he's sort of increased the profile of the game over in China. And, like, when it's on in China, on the TV or the World Championships, I think there was figures of something like 100 or 200 million people watching it across the whole of Asia when Ding Zhongwei got to the final of the World Championships a few years ago. So uh, because of uh, because of him, it's, it's certainly helped the popularity. But I never thought someone like, you know, a Hollywood movie star... Like Jackie Chan was mad at the snooker, like you know, it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite funny. I got him to do. I don't know whether you saw the trick. Yeah, shot or something I'm like watching that. it now, Ken. Yeah, you get any. Uh, you, he, he did it, didn't he? I'm watching it at the moment on your on your yeah, Twitter yeah, feed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was on. Uh, I mean, it was the edited version on that. I mean, it took him a few goals. But, uh, <laughs> no, fair enough. He, he was very, he was very, very determined to. Uh, to get it, and when he got it, well, you could see the delight on his face. It was quite, uh, yeah. it was quite, uh, it was quite funny, quite funny. What, um, what were the karaoke songs that you guys did? Can you remember what, <laughs> what he did and you did? Well, it, I, I was trying to get him to sing the fields of Atten Roy. That would be good. <laughs> or Danny Boy, or something like that. But he wasn't having it. So now he was singing. Uh, he was singing some Chinese songs. He's actually got quite a good voice, to be honest. You oh, know? Okay. But uh, I couldn't understand the word of it. But he broke out. He brought these cigars. He has his own cigar company. You know, so he brought. He broke out the cigars. And uh, we got out the whiskey, and we were yeah, singing songs, drinking the whiskey, and, and I don't even smoke. But listen, it was yeah. Jackie Chan. I wasn't going to refuse him, so I, I, I took a few puffs of the L cigar as well. It was quite nice. You going to keep in touch? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he said to me, "Look, anytime you're over, give me a ring and stuff like that." I got him. Uh, I got him. Uh, I want to get him a sign. Uh, I want to get him a nice uh, John Paris queue. Like John Paris is our the best uh, sort of cue maker. I want to get him a nice present of a, a cue with his with his little name on, on the end of it. You know what I mean? So that would that would be nice. He want, he wants he collects sort of memorabilia and stuff like that. So I said, look, I'll get him a nice cue and uh, 
he can have it as a present on me for 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 giving me one of the most memorable nights because I'm a big fan of his. And anyway, you know, a big a big fan of Bruce Lee. And of mm. course, when he came along as well, he's got some uh, some he's made some great movies and. Uh, he said he might give me a part in Rush Hour 4. I don't know oh, how true. He might have had too yeah. much whiskey when he said that, though. Yeah, that, well, that'd be good. Just a little, you could be sort of hustling in the corner of a bar, <laughs> playing Paul, yeah. couldn't you? That, that would do. That would, yeah. Brilliant. Good to talk to you, Ken. All the best. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. Take care. Take care. Ken Doherty there and his uh, his friendship with uh, Hollywood's Jackie Chan. Why not? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. is uh, Paul Hawksby and oh it's Andy Jacobs yeah thanks for popping in and Martin Kilner was sitting outside about 10 seconds ago what have you done with him? Well, he wanted the Wi-Fi password so I, I went off to help him get oh, it okay now here he comes. Okay. Moving at a speed. Don't worry about that. He's never moved at before. Yeah, in your own time, Martin. Usain Kellner. Just been doing the crossword in your absence. <laughs> well, um, had extra time. Well, just, uh, there is no extra time. He's gone straight to penalties. <laughs> um, uh, coming up, um, Rupert Bell joins. We've got live racing at. Um, well, you're racing in your own time, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's great to see you, and we've Lovely got a week here. of sport yes. on Lovely TV to, to, to cover. So, um, what, what's what's taking your fancy this week? Well, I watched ITV racing mm. which initially of course i was i was biased against because it meant that tipping point was cancelled oh. so that's always the <laughs> that's always the blow that is it really is <laughs> it really is nobody thinking of the old folk anyway so um, do you like what, what do you like tipping point martin is not, it, is i like it, it in an ironic way yeah I'm if just, somebody comes in and catches me watching tipping point i say no, no i'm watching it ironically <laughs> don't worry it's not a problem <laughs> Um, yes, I like answering the very difficult questions. Yeah. You know, what time is news at 10 on? And yeah. What instrument does Phil <laughs> I the quite like the device that it's pushes the things over. It's a bit like, you know, one of those it's, things. It's, like, well, like, I think that's kind of the idea. You had a thing in an arcade. Mm. But it is, it's become a kind of staple of the dumb Britain section of private yes, eyes. Yes, it has. It does very much so. Of, yeah. So, carry yes, on. Yes, well, I was watching the, the uh, ITV race. Now, they're always, uh, when they're covering horse racing on mm. a normal afternoon, they've got a sort of, the Grand National's not a problem on Saturday, but, you know, the Thursday and Friday, meeting at Aintree and mm. probably the week at Cheltenham, they have to sort of strike a balance between uh, the people who really like horse racing, yeah. which I have to say it's a minority interest. Whatever sure. anybody says, it is a minority interest horse racing. So they're trying to strike a balance between those people who actually like it and are actually interested in the horses, mm. for instance, and the people who are sort of casual casual viewers. Maybe yeah. they've had a, a punt on a horse or two. And well, when they um, took over the race, we, mm. we spoke to Wade Chamberlain about this, they, you know, and it's been quite obvious, they, they didn't want to. They didn't want to dumb it down. They didn't want to patronise horse racing fans. But there will be times when they'll explain stuff. And of course, if you're a hardcore racing man, you'll know what all this terminology means. But they're trying to bring people along with them. I think it's sensible. They're trying to grow yeah. the audience. I think they have, by the look of it. Yes, well, they have, haven't they? Mm, the audience yeah, yeah. figures are OK. Uh, and they've done it, basically, by throwing money at it, in a sense, because you, the cast, it's like a... I know very few people, obviously, are watching it from the start because they're listening to your show. Of course, yeah, but yeah. But for those poor people who haven't got access to your show, <laughs> don't know on a radio or whatever, yeah. uh, there's just such a, a, a fantastic, quite stellar cast, I think. I mean, Francesca Cumani is very, very good indeed. Yeah, yeah. There's also people who know their horses. Uh, Alice Plunkett probably knows her horses too well. Yeah. Because um, she's talking to the specialist audience. By the specialist audience, I mean not 
the betting audience, the actual people who are really interested in as a sport yeah. and, and how the horses perform. Well, that's, I suppose that's the balance, isn't it, really? Mm. You want a bit of that, you want a bit of everything in there. Yeah, and yeah. she's very good at that bit. Yeah. In fact, she uh, when Fahin, that was the horse that pulled up yeah. in one of the races. Yes, race. yeah. yeah, Fahin. When that one uh, entry pulled hurdle up, yesterday, yeah. it was the entry hurdle. Mm. But when they were going around the paddock, she says, oh, just look at his bottom. Which, you know, she can say... <laughs> to paraphrase without, Barry Davis. Interesting, yes, very interesting. Yes, <laughs> yeah. but she was, you know, she invited us all to have a jolly good look at Faheen's backside. Okay. And I have to say I was impressed. How was it? It was, was, it it was quite large. Was it was it that the focus of what had gone wrong, or was it just... No, no, this, isn't this that where the power the comes race. from in a horse, isn't it? If you like, say it's so. like a fast it's, bowler. Is, yes. that, is that right, really? Or, or like well, Lloyd Hunnigan told you mm. to punch from that region he of your did, body, yes, didn't he? he when did. he'd given you some boxing yeah, training. Well, well, so I'll tell you what interested me as well. Um, yeah. If there are two roads, there are only two roads in Liverpool that everybody from wherever they come around in the country knows. One is Penny Lane yeah. and the other is Melling Road. There yeah, was, you know, yeah. As they cross the Melling Road, it's over the to Melling, John Hammer. Yeah. Co correct, because that's where they switch commentary. They all switch commentary. I never understood road. that, really. And I yeah. never understood that John Hanman never seemed to do anything else other than that and one And he thought that was the only thing he did every one year. One day a year. But he was yeah. paid handsomely by the licence payer <laughs> just to work for that one yes, to cross to him. No, sure he, 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 other did other he did other commentary. Lots of them yeah. did. Well, when you think of betting shops, they've got all sorts of mm. commentaries. And there's all... I mean, it's rather like the Premier League. You know, somebody like... Is that me? Yeah, I think that's you. You're pinging. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's there, somebody telling you're on the radio. I challenged Rupert Bell, our commentator, last year to see if he could get the words in as they crossed the Melling Road it's over to John Hammer in his commentary and he did it did he really? Yeah. yeah. yeah well, that's Rupert Bell for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, talking about the commentary, I have to pay tribute to Richard Hoyles. I think he is a superb commentator. I think mm. he's ever so good. Uh, and the great thing is, if you're like me, you've backed some hopeless horse. <laughs> there are commentators who your horse, you know your horse, because they never mention it. It's like yeah. th a three-mile race. Mm. And for the whole three miles, <laughs> they don't mention your horse until they just say it's pulled up yeah. <laughs> just before the end. Yeah. Uh, Richard Hoyles is exceptionally good at, uh, at mentioning horses that are at the back of the field. And, and I, th I don't know how hard it is to be a horse racing commentator. I would think it's slightly easier than being a football commentator. Oh, really? in, well, I no, think it's so. incredibly difficult. One, Paul and I were on one Saturday afternoon during the derby. Do you remember? Mm. And I attempted to commentate yeah. on the derby. I had all the things in front of me, the colours, and I had the pictures. Around. It's really I'm difficult. Not sure, I'm is not it? sure, you know, with respect, now, you should be the yardstick. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? Whether yeah. It's a hard thing to do or a difficult thing to do with the I, fact you yeah. can do I it. found cricket commentary easier. Oh, OK. Yeah, fair enough. Cricket yeah, commentary yeah, a bit more kind of no, I was just thinking, you know, when you commentate on a horse race, what you want is the order of the horses, the order yeah. of the horses that are in. A football, you have to be a bit more interpretive, I mm. think. Yeah. But obviously, obviously, it's equally as difficult. I mean, I have tried commentating on uh, rugby league and that is, I found it horrendous horrendously difficult. Well, what's happened to Leeds, Martin? Leeds Rhinos, rock bottom. I know, I know. I, did, I missed the match last night, but yeah, obviously yeah, the week before. How well beat they were. Yeah, well, I thought they'd turned the corner having um, yeah. having beaten Castle. They won the second points. half, though, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. That's the thing with rugby league. You often get that, though. You'll see big mm. sides down the bottom, don't you, at times? You, you know, they're in, a bit, they're in a bit of relegation trouble Well, there. as you'll know, if you follow any uh, rugby league website, it is the greatest game in the world. Wow. Well, and that's one of the... That's, 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 one, why, of, that's, that's why that That's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, because they've got to strike this balance, mm. they have to do a they do a spot uh, about 
social network. People, you know, what are you tweeting and everything. And yeah. it, it's uh, Chris Hughes, I think the guy's called. Yeah. And uh, Matt Chapman. Now, Chris I know, Hughes was in Love Island. Was he in Love Island? Yes, he was yeah, in one of those, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I know Matt Chapman's a mate of yours and he comes in and I'm sure he's a lovely guy. You're going to do a butt, are you? I think he's appalling. I really do. <laughs> I really think, you I know, saying I have to that. Say. No, he's, he's, he is the, you know, that expression marmite he's definitely that yes no i think question. so yeah. yeah well i like marmite but, uh, <laughs> but they were doing a thing send us in your lucky underwear and what they meant was a bit creepy i'm uh, very creepy uh, and what they meant was they didn't mean literally send it in a jiffy bag did no they? i think what <laughs> i think there are places where you can do this but i think what what they meant was so tweet us pictures of any lucky items that you've oh, got okay right. thankfully that is a new low in use of social media oh, i send us so. a picture oh, of your blind now you're joining in, so we're all bundling in now. Yes. So, yeah. But every, the rest yeah. of it, I, I, I loved. I, I think That's they do very well. I, you know, I couldn't say. Uh, I mean, the AP McCoy, uh, Mick Fitzpatrick, the people they get, mm. they're just uh, Mick phenomenal. Fitzgerald, yeah, Mick Fitzgerald. I, I always call him Mick Fitzpatrick, and yeah. the reason so I should, won't answer to you when you I, say, when you shout Mick Fitzpatrick. I used, to, I used to work with a guy at the Guardian called Mick Fitzpatrick, oh. and I always I never say Mick Fitzgerald. I always say Mick Fitzpatrick. Okay. But Mick will let you God off. rest his soul. I'm not sure Matt Chapman okay. will, but Mick will. No, so, no. Um, so watch that. Now, yeah. yes, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Vince McMahon. This was on um, last week tonight, the John, John Oliver, Oliver show. show. Did yeah. you see You know, the... I've not watched it yet, but I've heard I've heard about it. It's yeah. a brilliant takedown of Vince, oh, really? Vince McMahon. Yeah. Uh, basically, he, I mean, Vince McMahon, as we know, uh, plays a character in yeah. the WWE. Mm. So there's the character Vince McMahon, and then there's the billionaire Vince McMahon, mm. who is the uh, chairman and chief executive of WWE. Yeah. Mm. And um, John Oliver started his piece by saying, it's a word I can't use here, but he said, you'll be aware that, uh, that Vince McMahon, the character, is a nasty, manipulative, etc., etc., aggressive man. Yeah. It's also, uh, it's also worth remembering that Vince McMahon, the chairman and chief executive, is very much exactly the same. Right. And the, the scat, basically, a lot of wrestlers die in their 40s, 50s. Mm. Very, not a lot of wrestlers reach a grand old age. Well, one of them, I saw a little piece of it actually, mm. but um, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper or something, yes. Andy worked with yeah, many years ago, years was, ago, was yeah. featured in the piece. Lovely man. Yes, he, really he was. Died he was. far too young. Well, a lot of them die far too young. And when you, they spoke to a few of them. I mean, John Oliver prefaced the piece by saying, it is fun. Yeah, it is fun to see Jake the Snake Roberts um, put a live cobra on on somebody. Yeah, it's fun to see Stone Cold Steve Austin drive a beer truck into the ring. And it's only fun in the ring. Say not not in the eight fifteen from Chesham or something. No, that wouldn't that, <laughs> that wouldn't, wouldn't be work, so funny. It? Yeah. No, yeah. and it's funny to see yeah, you know Brutus the Barber Beefcake set fire Who? to <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I'm not familiar with him, um, Andy. No, Brutus not, the Barber yeah. Beefcake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's all. He played the Download Festival last year. <laughs> yeah, was you? Like monsters of rock. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So I mean, that's all great fun. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But um, there will be health implications for people having a chair knocked down, you know, bashed over their head yeah, and, of course. and that sort of stuff. Uh, and not all of it is cheated. Also, as I said, no. even whether you're mm. doing the extreme even if stuff... Even it's cheated, it's... Just the... I mean, I said... No, we met Hulk Hogan. A couple of times he's been in, and, and he's, he can barely straighten up these days. Yes. He's had a big, he just had a big back operation, and he, he really, you could tell he struggles to walk. Yeah, well, Vince McMahon gets round the sort yeah. of healthcare issue by... 
hiring all these wrestlers as uh, what they call in America independent contractors. Right. So it's freelance. Mm. It's basically under the same basis as I work at Talk Radio, right. but nobody's going to smash a chair over my head at Talk Radio. Well, well, I say that. <laughs> Matt Chapman that. just joined <laughs> us in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> He's just bouncing off the ropes now. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? Right. There's, there's no health benefits. <laughs> yeah. There was one guy talking about when he was uh, unconscious and he still had to... Basically, because all the different wrestling federations across America mm. um, are now the WWE, there's no... You know, he bought... Vince McMahon has taken over all that. Right. If you're a wrestler, where else are you going to work apart from... So there's no so, kind of duty of care to these guys? No duty... Well, okay. um, very little, minimal duty of care, I would say, just okay. for, you know, in case the lawyers yeah. are listening. Well, I just wondered, but, did, did they give Vince McMahon... The, did he did he stand his own corner? Did he have the chance to... No, no. I mean, he, they, they played a little bit of an interview that he that somebody else... Because mm. there have been various... Over the years, Vince McMahon hasn't been totally untouched by the press. So there have been various yeah. interviews. Uh, and uh, the interview they gave, he just started... with The guy was putting these points to him and he just started saying blah 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 and that you know oh dear. it's not oh. a nasty man to interview to be mm. honest yeah um but it, it was a brilliant takedown and, and as john oliver mm. said mm. even the nfl um is much much more careful you know about issues like yeah. uh, uh, like like losing consciousness yeah, and, yeah and concussion injury concussion and, stuff, injuries yeah, yeah, and all that and as he said, if you're uh, if you're ceding the moral ground <coughs> to the NFL, yeah. you know you're in trouble. To, to be honest. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Now we're nearly yeah. out of time, Martin. We, we, we might have I, I, sort of. I look at the producer. I think we're we have, we are out of time. I'm getting a hook again. We have got to go. Well, we, we, I think you've actually had longer yes, today good, in real terms, good. as they say in political <laughs> circles. Yeah. Twelve, 12 minutes, minutes you've done. Apparently. Twelve minutes. The, the fee's the same. Yeah, really. it doesn't really make any difference. You've now. The money's not going up or anything. That's why I was late coming in. You're live on talk radio. Live on talk radio. Tonight, yes. tonight and tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Uh, between one and five. Absolutely, the uh, prime time, as you know, in uh, Hanoi, Ho Chi Minh City, <laughs> and uh, certain parts of Australia. Brilliant. Uh, we will catch up with you next week, Martin. Thanks Excellent. very much. Don't forget no your fine podcast with your daughter. Oh yes, Ruth. fine podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I forgot what we call it. Ruthie, me and my dad. Yeah, that's right. Maurice Chevalier features. I've seen in the does. recent one. He does. Yeah. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four pm on Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We'll be back uh, on Monday. Bumble will be with us in the studio next week Ivo Graham friend of the show and Swindon fan Danny Baker pops in too so have a great weekend Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewellery and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.